Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Questions, questions. 33 pages of them. Do I have trouble eating? Do I cut my own food up? Do I need a, a feeding tube? I mean, what even is a feeding tube? Might mean a straw. Oh, yeah, cocktails. They think of everything. I'm going to put no. Oh, steady on. The computer's doing the deciding, you know, and they've got a mind of their own. He's right. Computer tots up yeses and noes. Too many noes. Oh. Then again, too many yeses. Oh. Now I am confused. I mean, I've been getting me benefits for years. What's changed? I mean, why did he want to know how long I take to wash? It's a bit personal, isn't it? What's the right answer? Don't worry. We'll help. Right. Do you suffer from anxiety? Probably will do now. That's uh, The Full Monty. You can stream all of season one on Disney+. Plus. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. And it's, uh, what's interesting about this, James, is that it's not like a completely different set of characters retreading. St- this is the actual original cast, is it? it? Not only is it the original cast, it's even, even um, you know, we heard we heard Robert Carlyle G- Gaz in there. And in the Full Monty movie from 1997, he has a son. And that son is even an adult policeman in this updated mm. version. They have seemingly recast absolutely everybody that they could, which would go to suggest, I guess, a lot of goodwill from the cast towards yeah. the project, right? Um, and also maybe empty schedules yeah. <laughs> on their part I too. Robert Carlyle no, has probably yeah. a, gets a bit of work. Like still. he's a, he's always in things all yeah. the time. And like Tom Wilkinson has gone on to be Oscar nominated at yeah. least at yeah. least once, if not twice. Um, but this is not going to do gangbusters by any means, right? Oh. Now, what's kind of funny about it is, like, you know, I remember the Full Monty coming out in 1997. I remember it being this big kind of cultural talking point and hot stuff and blah, 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 right? And I, I certainly, um, I don't know who was clamouring for them to make an eight-part <laughs> series of it Ooh. 26 years later, but uh, this is what we've got. And the thing about the Full Monty movie, which is also streaming on Disney Plus at the same time, is it's a 90-minute little self-contained, you know, story, right? Oh. It's about these guys from Sheffield. They're down on their luck. The steel industry has collapsed and they decide for one night only to do a st- striptease and the the USB is that they're going to show it all right yeah. and that's the whole thing and what you're supposed to glean from that movie is this isn't going to turn their lives around <laughs> you know this is just a flash in the pan idea that they have and what's actually quite touching is right at the very beginning of this of the series they show the theatre where they did the striptease and it has you know fallen to decay and been abandoned and then we are led back into their lives. And it's actually just incredibly grim, right? So you have you have Gaz, who is like now uh, estranged from his teenage daughter, Destiny, who, uh, you know, and, and in the opening episode, they um, accidentally kidnap a winning dog from Britain's Got Talent. And there's all these get rich quick kind of schemes, you know, a bit like Del Boy schemes kind of going on. Yeah. But the undercurrent is just this how grim and and poor it is up north, right? So Mark Addy, who also went on to great success, I mean, he was in Game of Thrones. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Jean, played by Leslie Sharp, she's now the principal of the local comprehensive and he's kind of helping this boy who has 
you know, uh, is being bullied. But like then we just get this throwaway remark at one point. Oh, and he attempted suicide. And it's just all of this kind of stuff. It's just coming in constant waves. What we heard in the clip there is uh, Horse, who is famous in the movie for, you know, living up to his name. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, he, you know, the, the his sort of plot throughout the, the series is that um, he's he's his benefits are being removed from him and he's going around like on a mobility scooter and you know like they're trying to balance off these really like Ken Loach you know kitchen sink yeah. grim northern drama stuff with these throwaway jokes and funny asides and bits and like you know there's a bit <laughs> there's a full episode involving trying to track down a homing pigeon that has gone missing but like this is played for kind of really silly laughs while also we have the school collapsing and unable to, you know, support, uh, uh, unable to find the financial uh, space to, you know, plug the holes, to stop the leaks, to keep music uh, in the school, etc. Yeah. So I just found it tonally so odd. Now, it is from the guy who wrote The Full Monty, Simon Beaufoy, and he has gone on to, like, I mean, he won an Oscar for writing Slumdog Millionaire. He's uh, He was Oscar nominated for the original Full Monty. I kind of was sitting here going, right, like that was a, like a, you know, a 90 minute movie and like 90 minutes are kind of the sweet spot for movies, mm. right? Everyone likes, you know, nobody wants to go see a two and a half hour long movie. And I don't know if I wanted to see an eight hour long full Monty where they don't even get it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, you know, there's no even central, like, let's put on one last Oh, right. Show. So there's no through line, no, no narrative through line I mean, through the eight episodes. I, to be honest, I don't even know, like, you know, I, I think I'm about five episodes in at this point. I don't even know if they've alluded to the fact themselves. Didn't we once 26 years ago, like, <laughs> you know, bear it all? Like, they're, you know, right at the very beginning, it opens again with this kind of... um like Stinger saying like, oh, you know, in, in the years since uh, there's been, I don't know, however many prime ministers and uh, eight northern regeneration schemes. And here we are now. Mm. And actually, the here we are now is just a bit grim. You know, it's just like a little bit sad. The, each episode is a kind of a standalone story or? Is- no, no. Like it's telling a narrative, but it's moving along. Each each one sort of is kind of, I guess, slightly focused on the different characters uh, in a in a different get rich quick scheme, right? Okay. So, in, like in one of them, uh, Gaz, who is Robert Carlyle, he's working as an orderly in a local hospital, and he happens upon this um this patient who is uh, uh whose whose creativity has been completely stymied by his um the medication he's taking for his mental health issues, and he sort of convinces him uh, in this madcap scheme to to go off his dosage slower and slower in order to get his creativity back, so that that he can be the next Banksy and therefore Gaz can claim 10% as his manager. Okay. But like this, I mean, this surprisingly enough ends in um, not exact tragedy, but like, I mean, pretty tragic circumstances. It's all just very like tonally mismatched, basically. Mm, but they're going for laughs as yes, well. Yes, definitely. And like, uh, then another kind of very odd thing that happened was uh, Hugo Spear, who was one of the original guys as well. I'm um, Guy, actually, is his character's name. Um, so he, uh, he, he, is, he is back in the show. He's actually the only... Um, he's the only f- former stripper who has done well in life and he's kind of the, the rich one. 
Uh, but he disappears halfway through <laughs> the season <laughs> because uh, there were allegations of uh, of wrongdoing on the set, which he has vociferously denied. Okay. But he was quickly removed from the set. What kind of wrongdoing? Uh, um, something about uh, shall we say full montying in his uh, okay. in his trailer, right? Um, okay. But he has <laughs> he <laughs> allegedly he uh, yeah absolutely allegedly, and he has absolutely denied this. But um, his character then just disappears <laughs> and uh, you know that's it and, and so it just feels like narratively uh, you know uh, Simon Bo- Beaufoy didn't quite know where to take this in so many episodes mm. right like eight I mean even if it was only six but like eight it just seems to be going on and on and on and on and not really going anywhere except reminding us how miserable <laughs> their lives are uh, one person says, I really enjoyed the Full Monty series, loved these characters and always rooting for them. And yes, there is a reference to the strip show in the last episode. Okay, there so we go. haven't got there yet. I haven't. But that, I suppose, is maybe it's kind of mostly, or at least largely fueled by the nostalgia for these characters and people would have had a deep affection for the film. Definitely. So they'd tolerate it, really, just to see uh, them back. I think so. Gosh, it's a shame. Bit of a missed opportunity to them, perhaps. Right, we'll move on to our second show of the day. It is The Lake. You can stream seasons one and two on Amazon Prime Video. Here's a clip. Wow, my daughter, that is so weird to say out loud. Only if it's not your daughter. No, I I, I had her in high school. And then I, I took off to Australia. That's why I'm so young. <laughs> but there was, there was an adoption in between that time. So, like, she's got parents and... They love her and she feels really good about it and I feel really good about it. I mean, it was tough for a little while, like, you know, a good five years where I was just like a total mess. But uh, no, it's great now. I'm just looking after her while they're away and it's our first vacation together. I got us this sweet little place up on the lake. Lucky to find a spot. It's mostly lifers up here. Yeah, I know, I know. My uh, my grandparents um, used to own a cottage up here and then my dad sold it because my stepmom wanted some condo in Florida or something. Ouch. Oh, but um, without their... Shiny example of marital dystopia. I'd have missed out on years of formative trauma dating any bearded man-child with tat. Twos. Have a great summer. They look great on you. There you go. Or will he have a great summer? Right. Uh, (laughs) The lake. Um, So what's the setup for this? The setup is slightly convoluted, right? So who we heard there was Jordan Gavaris, who is a Canadian actor who you might know if you watched Orphan Black. He was kind of the comic sidekick to um, Tatiana Maslany in that Mm. show. And he plays Justin, who grew up in a kind of, I I think it is, well, it is Canadian, but like it's sort of unclear where in Canada they are. But he used to spend summers at this beautiful lake house that his family owned. And then uh, it was sold. And he also uh, is gay but when he was um, like 18 fathered a child and he and the child's mother gave the baby up for adoption and now he is reconnecting with his um, estranged daughter. So he decides that he'll go back to the lake to spend the summer with her as a bonding exercise and upon returning I mean there's enough to mine there right? but then on uh, on returning to the lakeside he realises that uh, his old lake house that belonged to his family has now been usurped by his 
wicked stepsister who he absolutely loathes, who is played by Julia Stiles. And he then ultimately in the first episode finds out that the house might belong to him if he can just get rid of her. So it becomes this game of one-upmanship between them to sort of annoy the other person or get rid of the other person so that they can claim the house. Yeah. And that's it, right? So basically what you have here is all these kind of like summertime tropes. You have kind of <laughs> like madcap antics on the lakes involving canoes and and uh, young people taking magic mushrooms and uh, adults uh, reconnecting and exploring their wild side, etc. And then you also have like a family bonding story between a daughter and vaguely estranged father, even though they seem to get on absolutely fine. And across eight episodes, it's never brilliant, but it's somehow just good enough, right? <laughs> like, as in, this is the time of year where uh, you, often I have to cast quite a wide net uh, because it's the summertime mm. and uh, new things aren't always coming out. And the reason why I came to this is a second season just uh, went live a couple of weeks ago on, on Amazon. So I thought, you know, when I saw Julia Stiles in the kind of little, you know, screenshot or whatever uh, for the show, I never got around to watching it. And I thought, well, look, if it got a second season, there must be something to it. And there is just something to it. It is funny, but not hilarious. But like the jokes that come occasionally they're just they you know they land right yeah. and and whatever like the cast is is game and they they just sell the material beyond I think they make the most of it, definitely. It's all written by a guy named Julian Doucet, who's a Canadian writer who wrote this science fiction show called Killjoys. It was kind of a cult hit. It, was, it ran for maybe three or four seasons. And this was his first, it's the first um, Canadian scripted series that Amazon has has put their money into. And if you're looking for a really like low stakes, funny enough easy watch binge, right? Like, let's say you don't want to watch Love Island, you don't want to watch, I don't know, whatever else (laughs) isn't available. I'm sure there's some sport, whatever, right? Uh, That this is like a perfectly good enough easy binge that is that that you'll enjoy. I mean, it's easy to watch the whole thing. I watch the whole thing in like a night. It's an easy, funny Mm. enough show with promise. To get better. How long are the episodes? They are about 35 minutes long. Okay, well, that's... Uh, the, we're, we're so, the two series, are, is it basically that was Summer 1 and now we're back yes. to the... Uh, yeah. Exactly. So, there's a lot of bonding that goes on in Summer 1. Uh, Justin, who we heard flirting in the... You know, or poorly flirting in the clip there, strikes a romance up with someone else. There's um, various shenanigans going on involving uh, the his, his estranged sister and their deeds to the house. And mm. it all, of course, ends in a big uh, triumphant flourish for one of them and I can't say who but uh, the second season promises more of this kind of madcap stuff right it's all just like there's a bizarre episode even kind of halfway through where it, it changes to what is what you are led to believe as a viewer to like a slasher type movie, right? So it's playing with all of these summertime tropes of okay. of of things we might have seen in I'm going to say North American movies across the decades of how people might spend their summer, and particularly at a lake house. And I think there's enough kind of 
warmth and whimsy to it that it is just very, very entertaining without being particularly good, if you yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, the, the the daughter that he was trying to... Is she, yeah. Does she feature in this much? Oh, or is yeah, it all yeah. taken by the two battling Oh, no, siblings? no, no. So she has a subplot... <laughs> so she has a subplot in season one in which she has a developing love interest with a guy who is ostensibly her cousin, but they are not in any way related through bloodlines. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, that's... I suppose makes it more interesting. Right, we'll move on to our second uh, show. If you're a big fan of Serbian sci-fi, this is for you. It's The Ark. Here's a clip. What about food? Do we have enough supplies to survive a year out of the sleeper pods? We have been carrying a year's supply, but that was held in the storage units we lost. This ship has an additional six weeks of food, but we will need to reserve some of that for post-arrival. You expect to ration six weeks of food for over a year? Okay. I demand to hear from Captain Lester. Where's the captain? She's dead. Dead? What about Stuber? No? Monroe? Rodriguez? We lost them all in the incident. The entire high command, mentor class, top engineers, scientists, architects, teachers, everybody that was in charge of running this ship in Pod Bay 1 are dead. It all falls to us now. The three of us standing before you are the highest ranking officers left on this ship. There you go. She really delivered that in a, in a caring way, I thought. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was uh, very good. This is, I forgot to say, this is on Sky, Sci-Fi and yeah. Now TV. Uh, so the premise is... The premise is, in a hundred years, uh, the Earth has been ravaged and, and this kind of Steve Jobs-esque guy has created all of these arcs. Arc 1, Arc 2, Arc 3. And there are spaceships that are uh, making their way across the galaxy to this planet that has been deemed hospitable. And uh, the people are frozen in their kind of cryogenic sleeping pods when um, an accident happens on board. And ostensibly, as we heard in the clip... Everyone gets killed with the exception of about 100 of hundred people and three lieutenants and they're left to run the show and they have to battle. I mean, I've, <laughs> I, 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 how, how much I've enjoyed this is ridiculous, right? It is, <laughs> it is absolutely the most silly thing, right? I watched three episodes. Within the first three episodes, there is this constant peril and danger that they just overcome. So yeah. they don't have enough food and they figure out that. They don't have enough water. They figure out that. They have to turn off the engines and then suddenly an, an asteroid is going to hit them. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> this is absolutely naff television made by um, the guys behind uh, like Stargate SG-1 and uh, other kind of uh, right, o- okay. other other cheaply made schlocky TV yeah. B-movie B- B- TV shows right but I just found it charming in its naivety and, and also how cheaply made it is right so as you said it's it's completely shot in Serbia the I mean everything about it, it, it like the set is like an IKEA showroom, right? <laughs> and and even the the opening credits music feels like they just bought it off an online catalog of yeah. like a licensable, uh, you know, classical music or mm. something. The special effects are terrible. The acting is questionable, but I yet I just found it so easy to watch, right? Because it was just. Like, there's no loftiness to it. I think it absolutely knows what it is. It is this mm. old-fashioned sci-fi survivalist show in which there is just constant problems thrown at them and then a solution found at the last minute and then they lumber onto the next crisis and a solution is found. 
and you don't have like there's no there's no character development there's no there's no monologuing in it there's about, nothing yeah right there's there's a bit of scenery chewing I guess from time to time but I just find it like pure escapism in a surprisingly enjoyable way you know I I I didn't expect to like it as much as I did by any means. But like, I definitely, you know, I start a lot of shows for this that I never go back to. Yes. And I'm, I'm kind of eager to know what happens to isn't them. That, isn't that curious? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So I, I did watch the first one. It was great, but I suppose it's disarmingly rubbish. Yeah. That's that, it. That. But you're right, actually, yeah, it doesn't pretend to, because uh, sci-fi can do that. You True. Know, they can be very kind of pompous about uh, what they're doing. <laughs> right. Those three shows are The Full Monty. You can stream all of season one on Disney+. Plus. The Lake, uh, you can stream seasons one and two on Amazon Prime Video. And The R, you can stream all of season one on Sky, Sci-Fi or Now TV. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank as you. ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.